to I Feel For You. I'm Dion, your host, and I'm a human being, an encourager, a space maker, and a storyteller. What does that mean? Well, I help others to feel more free to be who they are, fully themselves, embodied, wholesome, real, all of that stuff. Because why should we compromise? Compromise? For what? For what reason? I'm going off on a tangent already, you guys, but it's all relevant, right? Because Eartha Kitt is one of our patron saints, our empress, our queen. We salute you. So today's episode might be slightly unhinged, but I mean, why else are you here? (laughs) If not to expect the unhinged since 1980, to be precise. But this week, I've been wrestling with insomnia. It's been real. And some of you know, I've had quite a lengthy relationship with insomnia over the years. It's come and gone, similar to my anxiety. You know, we go way back. And I thought I'd revisit an old blog post, actually, that I wrote about insomnia. I think I just started logging some things that I did that helped me over the years. So I had a look at that this week. I've updated it for you. It's on the blog. I'm going to link to this and everything that I mention in the show notes, I feel for you podcast. This is episode 35. Yeah, I know. Can you believe? Here we are together. So shall we dive in? Because today I thought, I don't know if you do this, but when I'm planning any kind of concept, whether it's like the podcast, for example, or if I'm creating workshops or a retreat, for example, I tend to like to have a theme of sorts. And that theme is going to spread through various mediums. For example, I will gather visual inspiration. I'll probably make a playlist. I will use scent to get me in the zone and think about what kind of atmosphere I want to create. I'm that kind of person that enjoys being totally immersed in something. Like I really like to use my senses. And I spoke about that a little bit a couple of episodes ago when I was talking about actually what helps me manage my anxiety. If you're interested in that, I will link the episode for you in the show notes. That will be episode 32, where I talk about living with a chronic illness. Why am I sharing this? Because as I was planning this podcast, the first thing that came to me was a title and I wanted to call it Who Do You Love? Because I was singing the Total and LL Cool J song Lounging. If you were around in the mid 90s, you'll probably remember it well. Or if you're as old as me, you might remember the original by Bernard Wright, who is an absolute hero and has a brilliant video that went with the song, which is called Who Do You Love? Uh, If you have no idea what I'm talking about, I recommend you head to my playlist, which is free. It's called Vibes Immediately. I update it for you regularly, at least once a week. And in it, I'll plonk inspirational hits and just songs that I want to share with you um, and create moods and feelings and stuff and just plop it all in there. So yeah, head there. (laughs) I'll link that for you in the show notes. But yeah, the title I was working with was Who Do You Love? And the reason I was thinking about that is because like most days, Prince was on my mind. Uh, Yeah, it was the anniversary earlier this week three years. I still can't believe it. I still am not over it. I don't think I'll ever get over it. He is, was such a massive inspiration to me. And 
literally is someone I think about most days. And that might sound weird, but actually I don't think it's weird. When we mourn people that maybe we haven't even met, some folks get confused by it or they belittle it or they dismiss it. I understand they think it's strange. Like, how can you mourn someone that you've never met? Actually, there's a segue in this story about meeting Prince, meeting not meeting Prince. I'll tell you about it later in the show. But um, (laughs) yeah, some people get kind of confused about that, about how you can feel such a sense of loss and sadness at, yeah, someone's passing. Um, who isn't necessarily connected to you in some way. But I would argue that for many of us, especially when it comes to something like music, which is so evocative and immersive and is a tool for healing, I believe. So for some of us, we feel that we can connect with someone beyond the field of time or space or like reality, (laughs) that we can connect with their art, for example, or um, their creations. We feel a sense of connection to them because they've helped us through their work or through what they've made Um, I definitely feel that about Prince and the music that he's made has been a soundtrack to my life and yeah I would say for some of us it is possible to really feel that sense of connection even though you might not have spent time with them because you actually you have you've spent time in ways like if like me you're an only child and you've got a very vivid imagination and you spend a lot of time humoring and entertaining yourself but never really feeling lonely the reason that I've never felt lonely is because I've had these kinds of people for company I've had my records and my books and these characters and these songs and stories have accompanied me through all different stages of my life so I really feel like they're a part of my world and absolutely a part of this sense of healing and this sense of deep connection that is difficult to explain and I'm probably not doing a good job of explaining it but yeah I was thinking about Prince obviously as I do every day and spending time with him as I do every day I have like a special Pinterest board where I collect stuff I'll share that with you if you're interested I like to use my Instagram um For things like that, I like to go on uh, accounts like Vintage Black Glamour, which I love. Shout out to them. Um, I love to just um, look at Prince accounts and watch interviews or watch him in rehearsals and watch snippets of his music videos. I love watching old school music video accounts. And the reason is, is because it's it offers me that sense of connection and reminds me of what I value And it also offers me a sense of healing and comfort and, most importantly, joy, which is something I'm really trying to practice actively. And if you follow me on Instagram, you probably have seen in my stories and on the grid. Is that what we say? I don't know. But on the grid, I'm really trying to be more conscious about documenting my everyday joy as and where I can, as an intentional act of resistance. So in a way, uh, I'm trying to do that to not only hold myself accountable to seeking out good feelings, but also, yeah, just as an act of resistance. Thanks, Audrey Lord, for that. But really and truly, especially in hard times, I think we can forget about how vital it is to practice joy. 
And I'm intentionally not using the word happiness because I think that's quite a vague and unrealistic word. (laughs) Joy, I feel like, is an action. You can practice joy whilst experiencing other emotions. You know, we're multifaceted. But yeah, I'm really trying to document joy. So there's some blog posts about that. You'll find my daily harvesting of joy on my Instagram account where I'm trying to show up there. And another reason that I'm doing that is to hopefully remind you all about the importance of that, doing that for yourself and hopefully, yeah, to inspire you to to be consciously logging those joyful moments because it's easy. You know, we're programmed as human beings to remember the not so good stuff. This is part of our genetic makeup, right? This has enabled us to survive until now. Our brains actually log the negative stuff more loudly than the positive. And so we know that it's an evolutionary trait that we are likely to remember the negative stuff more than the positive stuff. There's something called the negativity bias that I've spoken about in earlier podcasts. So because we know that we have a negativity bias, that is that we're likely to remember the bad stuff more than the good, then practicing connecting with the stuff that brings us joy can be so powerful it can really help us to rewire our brains in a way because we understand the concept of neuroplasticity right in neuroscience that if you think of your brain as this orb that contains so many roots so many potential pathways to go in different directions what happens over time and especially through our lives because we're human we're habitual creatures we tend to learn something and then go about doing that in the same old way you know what I mean so for example walking to work or to school or wherever we'll tend to walk in the same direction do the same things maybe even get into a groove and a habitual way of doing something which has positive or negative consequences so if we think about this idea of like the brain having all these potential roots um, and yet perhaps we're in a habit of doing something in one particular way if you think of that habit let's take I don't know uh, walking to work there's nothing wrong with walking to work in one particular way however it's more likely that if we're doing the same thing we can kind of get into a bit of a mode right we sort of go into a bit of a trance with it and maybe we don't notice the details right um and that's fine if we're conserving energy for other stuff okay so i'm no shade to anyone walking the same way to work i'm just using this as an example however if we take that as an example you walk to work the same way that little pathway in your brain is going to create a deeper groove like it's going to create uh you know a well-trodden path like getting on a okay i'm going to stop using analogies but (laughs) like getting on a bike but like you know that that route it's something we can kind of do with our eyes closed maybe you know what i mean it's something that we're so in the habit of doing that we often don't have to think about it and there might be a different way that we can walk and if we walk a different way we might notice something like maybe we notice a person we make eye contact and they turn out to be really brilliant people and we have this amazing connection and then we go and dance all night somewhere I don't know (laughs) or maybe we're walking down the road and we notice something really beautiful that we've never seen before because we're taking a different route or we're walking on the other side of the road for example you know these little things these little details that often in life can be overlooked or missed and so on and I'm going on that tangent because um, me practicing joy as an act of resistance um, and really consciously trying to document joy still feels very new and quite difficult 
to be honest, because, you know, <laughs> it's been tough. It's been a tough time and I am just trying to check myself and really remember, remember that I'm more than the tough times, that I do have hope, even if the world goes to shit, <laughs> like it feels like it is. But, you know, this sounds dramatic, but I mean, yeah, it's dramatic, but it also feels like a bit of my reality you know I'm scared to go to some places I don't know where to live I am uncertain about the future uh, like so many of us are in these times right where they're turbulent so especially because of these things and especially because I know it's not that I'm trying to ignore those things or be passive about it I want to be active and, and participate in creating positive change on this planet I also know that I can't do that when I'm empty and feeling really low and feeling sad and feeling hopeless that I have to still look for the joy I have to still practice that and this was a really long ass tangent about the flipping title of this podcast who do you love because I was thinking about Prince as I said and I was just thinking about other people that I kind of think about every day often muses I guess people that I love people that I look up to people that inspire me people who basically help me to remember who I am and, you know, this is a massive part, kind of describes everything that I'm trying to do in this world, supporting people to help them to remember who they are. So just being yourself and really fully taking up space as your whole self. So, yeah, <laughs> that's the reason for the title, Who Do You Love? It's a bit ambiguous. You can take it however you like. And a bit of an explanation as to my deep fangirl of people like Prince and Eartha Kitt, as you know. So this might be one of those episodes where we go off on little tangents. You're probably used to me by now if you've ever listened to one of these podcast episodes, but if you're new here, welcome in. Maybe you'll get used to me, maybe not. Apologies in advance if uh, we spin out and go on a spacey journey, but I hope you enjoy it. So before we go any further... I do want to take a moment to just give props and shout outs to each of you who have been in touch with me to share your thoughts about the podcasts, people who have shared love and props and support for what I'm trying to do here and just shared your feelings and shared with me where you've been listening and just shared a part of your journey and your story with me because really truly it inspires me more than I can find the words to say it keeps me going on this path and that's not to put pressure on anyone like you need to keep me going but rather it gives me a sense of purpose and also connection which as many of you know is something that's deeply important to me I did an episode about that episode 33 intentional connection in disconnected times where I was talking about the importance of connection to me but also just thinking about how we interact in this period of time on the planet with these new technologies how we're using them how we're engaging with each other and how we're cultivating authentic community community is one of those words isn't it that's thrown around a lot these days like intersectionality <laughs> it's like thrown around and sometimes I'm sort of baffled by the context and I'm not trying to hate on people that are on their learning journey because I'm on mine absolutely 
every day, trying to learn and trying to unlearn everything. But I want to try and be more intentional with language where possible without trying to over explain things, especially with things like community and intersectionality if we're going there. But, you know, I feel that it's quite common I think you know where I'm going with this. I think you know what I'm talking about. It's quite common for there to be certain buzzwords that are used and thrown around. Diversity is another one of them, where brands and people are using them. They're using the words without taking the action. You know what I mean? Inclusivity is another one. And I know we've all got work to do. I I understand that, you know, there's levels to stuff. We can't all be super woke. And uh, that word even is making me cringe. But, you know, we're all on our own journey and we can't really compare (laughs) ourselves to someone else on their journey. We're just doing our best, right? And as Maya Angelou says, when we know better, we do better, right? But until then, we're just kind of bumbling and doing what we can, hopefully, to check ourselves and to grow and to learn and to apologize and you know like to make up for our shortcomings and hopefully yeah yeah to keep doing better so I guess I'm thinking about that a lot and yeah community is one of those words that is something I value deeply so to those of you sorry that was another tangent but to those of you who reach out who get in touch with me and tell me your thoughts about the podcast those of you who have left reviews those of you who've left ratings on iTunes and wherever you listen to your podcast I just want to this moment to thank you so much because it's yeah it's validation but I feel it's validation that is the most meaningful because it really helps me to show up and serve you as best as I possibly can so thank you thank you thank you and if you feel like sharing I'm always all ears and grateful so you can reach out to me wherever you can email me I feel for you podcast at gmail.com you can find me on socials I'll link you in the show notes so you can find the show notes at I feel for you podcast.com this is episode 35 yeah I'm just lurking about or head to my site to get all of the goods dion.space and special shout out to you Tish we can via voice notes which are my love language in case you didn't know Tish and I were chatting on Instagram earlier this week and yeah shout out to you Tish and I hope that you're healing well I'm sending you loads of love so on to a little update then some of you know who get my weekly digest which is my newsletter that I had a little medical procedure last week I didn't talk about it in the last podcast because we were we had other things to discuss right the journey of transformation but yeah I had a little procedure all is well don't worry (laughs) I'm good but it was an interesting time uh, because I had to take some time off to recover and I find that really hard to do (laughs) it's no secret It had some good sides because I was able to blog and blog away and I was updating the blog, Dion.space, head over there if you want a little catch up. And obviously it meant I could dive into all of my favourite Instagram accounts and spend some time just kind of catching up, regrouping and also watching episodes of Million Dollar Listing, which is uh, my bag. Any of you watch that? I love it so much. It's it's the best. Anyway, so yeah, I was healing and recovering and just appreciating that time to come back, you know, and just appreciating the body and the body's way of knowing how to heal and me just trying to get out of its way. So slowing down enough to do that. 
And I think a lot of us struggle with that. You know, we often know what we need, but sometimes we interrupt the process <laughs> and create a lot of sort of complexity and confusion around it, maybe by doubting ourselves, for example. So I don't know who needs to hear that today, but just sending you love. Uh, so yeah, had this procedure this week and had a few days, which meant, you know, work-wise, I got a little bit overwhelmed because I couldn't catch up in the way that I wanted to you know it's another one of those things sometimes we have all these great expectations and then you kind of have a spanner in the works and it means that things aren't necessarily going at the rhythm that you want them to and it's quite humbling I think because it forces us to remember (laughs) and take our own time and so that was an interesting process and then when I was feeling better That also was interesting because suddenly I got hit with this insomnia, as I mentioned earlier. Insomnia is a funny one. And one of my teachers, one of my yoga teachers, Jason Crandall, has spoken about this in the past. And I've had conversations with him about this. And it's one one of those really interesting things, insomnia, because so much of it is about surrendering, which I think is so much a part of life, like trusting in your life, trusting in life, trusting in the lessons and just surrendering to them rather than trying to go in like a bull, Taurus season, high, and just being really stubborn and like stuck in your ways about it. Yeah, having insomnia for quite a few days this week, can you tell? I'm like, my brain is like blancmange. Um, (laughs) Having insomnia was another one of those things, like I I got better, I'd had a few days off uh, recovering from the procedure, and then diving into insomnia it was just very humbling very annoying a lot of resistance a lot of irritation which only amplified the insomnia right can you see the learning moment that I had this week yeah it's kind of obvious isn't it but it did take me about five days to get there so surrendering to the need to heal and then also not trying to push as soon as I felt well enough to work because when I started pushing And taking on more and more stuff, it was creating anxiety and it was creating this sensation of like not having enough hours in the day to catch up. And so with that, it meant I was worrying at night and lying in bed all night long, thinking about all these things I needed to do. And then I was fighting the insomnia because if you've ever had insomnia, you'll probably know this. You start going in, trying to confront the insomnia and trying to deal with it in the best way that you can. But that means you're thinking about the insomnia, which means you're only amplifying the symptoms of it. And sleep is, you know, sleep is a great practice in surrendering, right? In order to sleep, you have to be able to let go. Because if you're thinking about it, you're never going to be able to to let go because you're so conscious of it that you'll be holding tension around it, you know? It's like, that example of thinking about this big pink elephant that's in the room. Now I've said it, you're probably imagining that thing. And so it's difficult to distract yourself from it so that you can not be so focused and neurotic about it. So yeah, insomnia. There is a blog post, I've updated it. I'll I'll put it in the show notes for you just with some tips and tricks because I feel this could be a whole episode of its own. But yeah, if you're struggling with insomnia, I feel for you. (laughs) I do. And um, I really hope that helps you out. If you've got any tips or ideas uh, of things that you do when you're struggling with insomnia, I'd love to hear them. 
sharing is caring and I think it's something that is quite common and so sharing tips with others can be really helpful so feel free to leave a comment in the show notes so that we can help each other out I appreciate you so with the insomnia this week um, I think it was actually after the worst night's sleep. I think I managed to get an hour's sleep on Tuesday night and then on Wednesday I was due in London. That's an excellent combination and it happens to me quite often. <laughs> often if I'm working in Norway, I'll, it's likely that I'll experience insomnia because I'm thinking about all the things that I need to not forget <laughs> to pack or to take or to do. And yeah, before I head up to London, I try to go to London quite regularly for work stuff and also Oprah days, inspiration days, artist dates and so on. And so I noticed um, the flare up got worse and I had an hour's sleep and then I was due in London to meet my gorgeous friend Andrea because I wanted to take her on a date to this exhibition I've been wanting to go to for months. Again, it's another one of those things I've shared on my Instagram. So if you want to peek at it, head over and meet me there. But it's an exhibition that was at the Saatchi Gallery in their salon. And it's called We Live in an Ocean of Air. And it's put on by Marshmallow Feast. Is that the name of the organisation? I hope so. I hope I've said that correctly. This is like a VR immersive experience. It's like a connection of human beings to animals, to plants and the natural world in this incredibly glorious immersive adventure. And um, spaghetti, <laughs> which was my interpretation. It's a combination of so many things that I love. If you know me, if you've ever been to any of my events or if you've ever worked one-to-one -one with me, you'll know this stuff. But yeah, I'm into the combination of many different things like movement and stillness and touch and visual gloriousness and feelings and breath work and sound, sound healing. And this exhibition was all of those things. Uh, so if you get a chance to go, go. I think it's on until the 5th of May. They've been extending it for about three rounds, but this is the last round that they're, but this is the last stretch of time that they're doing it. So if you get a chance, go. If you don't, have a look on my Instagram or if, you know, if you feel like it, have a look anyway and see if you'll dig. It's brilliant. So that was absolutely high up on the inspiration station for me this week. Something else in the inspiration station, which was also immersive, but in a different way, was something that I had the honour of being a part of, and that was King Brit's radio show, Transmissions. I've spoken about King Brit before, he's featured in my inspiration stations over the years, he's someone I've, I've admired for years, over a decade, it must be like 15 years now. Uh, I first went to see him at the ICA when he did his tour of the Sister Gertrude Morgan show, yeah, and that was, it must have been 2005. I was living in London at the time. And I just remember like it being, yeah, it blew my mind. It was just so inspiring. And I loved the way that he combined visuals and interviews and like just different layers of sound with composition. He's a brilliant artist. Anyway, so yeah, I'll gas him up forever because I think he's, he's brilliant, brilliant DJ as well so many talents and so he's got a radio show on NTS called Transmissions I think it was on Red Bull Radio as well is Red Bull Radio still going did it end 
answers on a postcard let, let me know i'm curious because i loved that there were some brilliant people on there anyway um yeah king brits show transmissions he interviewed me for the most recent episode which i had the honor of being a part of i'm just i'm still a bit kind of i don't know lightheaded i feel a bit dizzy about it all because yeah it's so such a tremendous honor Again, I'm, <laughs> I don't have the words to describe that. But yeah, basically, I recorded a piece for him. I just, I went on a little secret mission. It was like midnight on a school night. And I went to the sea, uh, went for a walk to the sea and took him with me on my audio device. And he made this piece of art, like he composed this uh, you can hear for yourself. I'm not going to try and describe it because you'll hear it's sort of like a meditation, a kind of sound art piece um, and yeah, like a rhythmic journey. <laughs> so if you're interested in that, head to the show notes. I'll link you up. It's also on the front page of my site, dion.space. So if you're interested in hearing that, I would love you to dive in and let me know what you think about it. Come on the journey with us. Space is the place. Yeah. So next on the list, which is kind of also part of the main meat of the show in many ways, was another piece of inspiration. So that was, of course, Beyonce's Homecoming. I mean, do we need a fanfare here? I mean, what can I say that you're not already thinking about it? <laughs> that you're not already feeling about it? My friend Layla, I asked her to um, record me a little piece to share with you guys about her feels. I'm going to insert it for you here. Hey Dee, it's me. Just walking to work um, through the lovely, glorious park. But um, yeah, and I just had to get in touch after hearing your message today about homecoming. Oh my God, sorry, I sound out of breath. But yeah, it was incredible. What an amazing icon she is. Oh God, the moves. She just, yeah, has definitely gone up in my estimation. I mean, the dedication and the commitment to kind of producing something of that stature was incredible. Oh, I mean, yeah, the dancing, that was the bit I couldn't get over, the, her energy throughout. But I just feel she's built and built herself over the years to get to this moment. It's almost like everything was kind of centered around her before. But now she's bringing everyone with her on that journey and it's it's just so amazing and um you know the fact that she chose every one of them and she directed it and you know she only wanted the best from everyone oh man i love that woman but um yeah i've always loved her we've grown up with her you know and the fact that she you know brought on kelly and michelle that was a good good it all not oh my god and did you see the dancing with solange loved it that the energy there that sisterly love man but um yeah no it was it was excellent and i'm glad it's getting the reviews um that it deserves because you know she's putting things out there and did you hear about the shenanigans with reebok anyway she's 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 representing and she's you know speaking out which is really important Take I think Layla sums that up perfectly. I mean, yeah, we grew up with Beyonce. I mean, the writings on the wall, I think it came out when I was 17. I think I'm the same age as Beyonce. I might be a year or two older. Get on the bus 
for me and Layla as like our jam. And of course, Say My Name, the Timberland version that she played in Homecoming. Am I am I going too off on a tangent here? Probably the deep cuts, the the mega fans, the old <laughs> the old school ride or dies. I feel like Beyonce gave us all life. So whether you're a new Beyonce fan or if you go way, way back like Layla and I, there was something for everyone, I feel, right? I made the mistake of watching this before I went to bed. So I think I was up until 3.30. It was sort of the beginning of my insomnia journey. (laughs) I'm not blaming Beyonce, but I was so hyped just dancing around the bathroom and just not really knowing what to do with myself. Overexcited and stimulated and inspired. And I know I wasn't alone because I <laughs> I was on my Instagram stories and I had loads of you guys replying and sharing with me that you did the same thing. You watched it late at night and you just couldn't sleep afterwards because it was just pure life. So solidarity <laughs> for my homecoming crew. And I mean, let's hear it for that Virgo energy. Seriously, her drive, her purpose, her vision, Deeply inspiring and, and I'm not trying to compare myself to Beyonce in any way, but it, it kind of validated my compulsive obsession with details and the big picture of projects, like just fully immersing myself in everything, like going into the most boring parts and still finding joy in being able to create something <laughs> from them. Do you know what I mean? It's like... I don't know, when I get into a venue, if I'm running an event, like I'll go around and look for plug sockets and place diffusers in areas that don't have much love. I don't know. I'm just waffling now. But I just really appreciate people that show that much level of love and detail and passion for what they do. And like I was talking about King Brit earlier, he's one of them. Prince is another. And that's sort of like why I wanted to do this episode to kind of honour those people and to remind us to hold space for those people that inspire us to lift them up but also to allow them to reflect something back to us that can help to spur us on and encourage us to tell our own stories to be brave enough to put our own art out into the world to be brave enough to show up and do our own work in this world you know to to be somewhat fearless to be somewhat bonkers bonkersly obsessed about things like plugs or I don't know (laughs) being excited about building something creating something because you know it's like there's a bigger purpose behind it and you want to create a legacy you want to leave something behind you know what I mean So yeah, that's really why I wanted to do this episode and why I'm talking to you about Beyonce because, you know, she's incredible. She's absolutely in my list of inspiring documentaries. If you haven't seen that list, it's a list that I'm constantly updating. There's a few more additions. So find the link to that in the show notes, ifeelforyoupodcast.com or dion.space. This is episode 35. I hope that those documentaries that like maybe you're not a Beyonce fan if you're not I don't know why you're listening to this I don't know what we can't be friends you know what I mean no I'm kidding well maybe I'm not actually Beyonce Prince Eartha Kit I mean they're sort of mandatory um <laughs> I'm kind of kidding but you know what I mean if you're not a fan of those people you're probably not going to like anything that I do so you know maybe don't waste your time 
I feel like connecting with stuff that inspires us, whether it's documenting our own joy, whether it's immersing ourselves in the art of our idols like Prince or whoever it is that floats your boat, or immersing ourselves in the world of documentary and like really exploring someone's life like Beyonce in that gift that she gave us this week. I feel like this is also an act of resistance and this is a brilliant reminder for us to prioritize our creativity. We are creative beings. Human beings are creative beings. We have centers of creativity within the body. Creativity enables us to heal. It enables us to process stuff. It enables us to feel more free. It enables us to tap into what gives us life, what gives us joy, what gives us pleasure. You know, like it's it's escapism as well, but it's also a way that we can curate and design our lives by connecting to that innate creativity that lives within us and expressing that. You know, there's an episode that I made, I think I've spoken about it quite a lot, but I will link you to episodes where I speak about the importance of us expressing ourselves. So not just, for example, keeping that creativity to ourselves, but being brave enough to put it out there into the world, which is really vulnerable. It's really scary, but so, so, so valuable because when we do that, we also enable healing of other people who might connect with that piece of work. I say work, but I mean play, because creativity reminds us to play. And, you know, this life where we might spend a lot of time working and going through hard stuff, transitions, difficult things, we need the escape. We need to be able to play and not take things so seriously as well. There's definitely a time and a place to take things seriously, but there's also this practice of play, which gets us in the habit of being vulnerable, right? And that's... that's, so beneficial for us because when we enable vulnerability we open up channels for connection right we know this and also I think what another reason play and the act of creativity is important is because when we play we can let ourselves look a bit silly not be so hung up on perfection you know it's like practice and I talk about this a lot in like yoga videos or yoga events that I share with the planet, any events actually, like it's okay to look stupid. It's okay to feel awkward and to not know what you're doing. It's okay to not have the answers. In fact, I'd rather be on that side of the fence. I'd rather not know and be make myself look stupid and ask the question because I want to learn. I don't want to be the smartest person in the room. I don't want to be the most, I don't know, whatever label you want to put on. I want to be... <laughs> wading around and exploring and discovering and hopefully growing evolving right and so I feel like play and and creativity is an action of play is a great way for us to to do that to practice that I don't know what do you think so yeah I don't know maybe an idea this week is for you to tap into some creativity tap into some play I made a little blog post, I don't know if it's useful for you, especially those of you that struggle to prioritise your creative life, to prioritise kind of letting yourself hang out. (laughs) And I'll link this for you in the show notes, of course, you're tired of me saying that, sorry, but the blog post is called Five Minute Make and Create Nature as Muse. And it was a little exercise that I just did for myself, which I do each day, like challenge myself to make something. And I just thought I'd share 
some prompts for you over on the blog. Hopefully that's useful. I'd love to see what you make and create. You can write, you might take a photograph, you might draw something, paint something, you might dance. I don't know, whatever it is that feels creative for you, like a creative outlet. I would love to hear, see, feel, read, (laughs) whatever, touch. I don't know. Um, Yeah, let me know. Get in touch with me because I'd love us to keep to keep prioritizing creativity and to practice expressing it. So not just doing it in private where it's all safe, but maybe taking that brave step forwards into, yeah, the unknown, but sharing it in a safe space. So I feel this week has so much been about really celebrating the people that I love and being inspired and connecting to that and then trying to put that into action along with the journey of insomnia and <laughs> uh, learning the lesson you gonna learn today. Um, sorry, that was a terrible accent. But learning the lesson of, um, you know, flowing, not forcing, not trying to push, not trying to overdo it and surrendering, surrendering to the unknown. And yeah, so who do I love? Beyonce, thank you. King Brit, thank you. All of the people behind that glorious immersion, we live in an ocean of air. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for inspiring me this week. Ah, And also, after the exhibition this week, I'm sorry I'm jumping around a bit, but I hope this kind of all links and makes sense. But after going to this exhibition, went to my favourite place to go and eat. One of them anyway. Mildred's in London. Shout out to Mildred's who make the best vegetarian and vegan food, I think, in London. Always a great experience going there. So yeah, shout out. Also share your favourite eateries with me, please, because I'm always open to hearing that. Where do you go to eat in London? Where do you recommend? Anyway, so went to Mildred's with my mate and we were talking about the Beyonce documentary. Of course, it's been the subject of most of the conversations with my amazing women sister friends this week. Like, I feel like we've all just left each other a lot of voice notes and a lot of quick chats on the phone about have you seen it let's talk about it we need to just share our feelings and like just writing little notes to each other it's just been amazing so yeah um who do I love I love my sister friends and brilliant people who connect with me on that level and love to just share joy and appreciate yeah just appreciate greatness on the planet so I was at Mildred's and having a chat with my friend and talking about the Beyonce documentary and just reflecting and I was kind of sharing my journey with Beyonce in a little way and um you know from way back when and when I started going clubbing you know Beyonce was a big part of that in the original Destiny's Child lineup and you know the first two or three albums which were very much a part of my soundtrack and then in later years like uh, when I was living in London and moving around the world moving to different places just having her as a sort of anchor in a way like other people Prince it's the same you know like music has that power right to transport us through time and space um yeah and and recently I've been thinking about a friend of mine and um yeah it was even before I saw the documentary I was reflecting um sadly she passed away but my friend Yosra who I've written about on the blog before um yeah I was reflecting and and ah, thinking about her life and she was such an inspiring person to me um as long as I knew her and I met her when I was living in London and we really were just uh, we really hit it off and just (laughs) we were kind of very excitable and silly together and 
so enthusiastic to explore creativity in any form. Yosra, when I met her, she was experimenting with fine art. She was an incredible painter and also photography. She did photography on the side, but we loved music. We'd go dancing together. We would sunbathe together <laughs> on her family's. Um, they had like <laughs> they had a roof uh, deck, like a roof garden, which was really beautiful in the centre of London, which is incredible. So on sunny days, we used to go up there and um, we both wanted to be more brown. And we, Yosra taught me, this is actually really... <laughs> Really kind of, uh, I'm reflecting in hindsight, but um, Yosra taught me about using oil to get browner quicker. So thanks, Yosra. We were both like so urgently wanting to be more brown that we would oil ourselves up and just lie in the sun for hours, just talking, reading, playing music, dancing, laughing, like the joy, the joy and those precious moments I shared with her. I'm just, yeah, I'm just... I'm just so grateful. And when I lived in London, it was it was a hard time. I had a hard time. I had lovely friends who lived in London, but I started DJing and yeah, like yeah, there was some bullying and some just some weird stuff that went down and I I was having a tough time, but the friendship with yours forever was so healing for me and having someone that was kind of as weird as me and willing to explore a lot of weird stuff, just really open and really up for just going on the journey and like really fully immersing ourselves in the journey of life, like just being super passionate, super hungry and and kind of, you know, maybe in an, in unhealthy ways, you know, we do all nighters regularly as in we'd be working, we'd be grafting, we'd, we'd have our full time day jobs and then we would be hustling, we would be grafting, doing our own projects. I was also doing photography work at the time on the side and I was DJing, as I said, and uh, alongside my day job and just trying to make things work because I just I knew I needed to be creative in some form. I needed that outlet because it it offered me so much. And so, yeah, we were like really mega nerdy, mega geeky, silly and just, yeah, just passionate and in love with life and in love with the, the curious and strangeness and wonder and delight of life. But, you know, we, we also experienced hardships and we had each other's back and... Yeah, it. Um, I'm telling you this because Yosra, Yosra is someone I think about regularly. Because she never lost that, she never lost that passion and hunger. And after I left London, I kind of literally from one day, as I've done in my life, I sort of upped and left, and I had to get out in the end because it was starting to like there was there was a really toxic situation that was yeah really damaging and I knew that I I needed to have some time away and just kind of get out of the city and I I think I just kind of went straight from London within a few days I was in Greece like traveling around in a van and it was like (laughs) it was amazing but you know kind of really intense wild time in my life and um and Yosra and I stayed in touch and uh, she stayed in London. And then I I think I, you know, I've moved around to a few different places. But I, 
Yes, I moved back to Brighton for a while and then I went to Sweden and then I went to the south of France and I I moved to the south of France and eventually Monaco where I worked in yachting and I've got I, I made a whole episode about this on the podcast I will link it to you what Monaco taught me about fear and failure I think that's the title anyway I'll link it for you it's a mega story time with a lot of gaffes and uh, embarrassing moments and awkward learning moments you go and learn today moments and I hope that's useful for you in some way but yeah I was in the south of France and I think around that time Facebook became open to everybody and I remember joining Facebook and at the time I think MSN Messenger still existed it definitely did who else lived on MSN Messenger Anyway, and so Yotta and I, um, at, at that time, I think Yotta had then, she moved to New York um, and yeah, I was exploring art, all different types of art and just having this incredible time. She'd made some amazing lifelong friends there and was just, you know, it was hard, but she was having a great time and I was on the other side of the world and we stayed in touch and it worked because my job had crazy hours and she was still up all night, like editing her photography. She was really kind of focusing a lot on photography at that time and she had exhibitions as well at the time and just fully in it like fully committing to this like creative life and I was so in awe of her and happy for her and after living in Monaco I came back to Brighton I think and then um, yeah like the yoga thing I was already sort of involved in the yoga thing but I started to take it more seriously I kind of was acting and then I was like working in radio and we were staying in touch and then I moved to Norway this is like a really short synopsis of my life story here but um yeah just to give you a bit of a timeline so I was living in Norway so this is quite a few years later and it was around 2010 it was 2010 yeah 2010 2011 around that period in New York and we were chatting and it was one of those kind of unforgettable moments where she told me like on the down low that um, she'd started working with Beyonce. Actually, I think she'd had a meeting or meetings and it was like the final stage and she started working as Beyonce's official photographer. And uh, and then I think Beyonce then went on tour. It must have been 2011. Anyway, anyway. So, yeah, long story short, Yosra was working for Beyonce and... I remember her telling me stories about, yeah, she was on tour with her and like doing all her concert photography and just amazing, amazing work. And when she told me, and obviously as time went on and we would chat, like she she was obviously mega busy, but she would tell me these incredible stories about her journey being on tour and like working with Beyonce, which maybe this isn't cool to be sharing. I think it is actually. And she's open about this and Beyonce is open about this. Like, uh, anyway, um, I feel like this is fine to share. Yeah, Yosra would say to me, like, you know, Dion, you know, there's that kind of myth like you shouldn't work with your idols or whatever. But she said, like, Beyonce is the realist. She is the truth. And I just, I remember those words so clearly, like, you know, truly, like, she is just an incredible person. She is so kind and so real. And I was saying to Yosra at the time, like, it just warms my heart to hear this because, you know, like, when you love someone, (laughs) when you have an idol or someone that you look up to, you really want them to be nice, right? Especially if they're, like, mega famous, right and it's the same with Prince right people that I know who have worked with Prince and that he's had as mentors they've all said the same thing about Prince like these people yeah as yours were saying about Beyonce like she is the truth she is real she is so kind and she is so great at what she does and I 
I was just so happy that Yosra was appreciated and, and, you know, it's on record that Beyonce has spoken about Yosra's work and how much she admires her and appreciates her and values her. And it just made me so happy that Yosra had that validation, but not just because it was Beyonce, but just that Yosra had that Yosra was able to be seen by so many, her work and she, her as a person, she was able to be seen by so many people who could witness her amazingness, her wonder and her brilliance. You know, like I could see it from way back when I knew how incredible she was. And I'm just so glad that the world got to, or so much, so many people in the world also got to, also got to, um, also got to appreciate her too and Yosra then was diagnosed with um, cancer quite late stage and her odds were very very low and she then decided this is the kind of person Yosra was right she then decided to publicly document her journey with the world and and she did that via Instagram and also on Facebook and um This is just the kind of person she was. She wanted to show up and... I'm sorry, I'm really trying not to cry on this podcast. This is happening. Um, yeah, Yosra wanted to show up and inspire. And it wasn't anything new. She was always that kind of person and... She did it throughout her journey. Even when things got really difficult. And she she fought and she showed up. And the one message that she repeated over and over again throughout her cancer journey were the words, never forget to say, never forget to say thank you and it became became one of her hashtags it became one of her mottos and you know all of us who were with her through the journey like supporting and raising awareness for her journey her fight It became our motto too, and it spread. It spreads like it was a global movement. She touched so many people who heard about her journey. Obviously, um, Yosra had to leave the tour, which was devastating for her because, you know, she's that kind of determined person. She will, she wants to see something through, you know, so it was very frustrating for her, but... Um, Obviously, she had no choice, and um, it was so inspiring to see so many of Beyonce's fans going to the concerts, holding up signs for Yosra, and sharing her motto, you know, never forget to say thank you, and obviously, Beyonce too would would give tributes to Yosra on the journey, and share with her fans about how amazing Yosra is, was, and repeated that message too, you know, 
never forget to say thank you and yeah I think it's something that I can't be reminded of enough and I feel like to witness Yosra's journey being dealt one of the most difficult cards you could possibly imagine I'm so sorry I'm crying Ah. I want to do this because I just want to share her message with you because I feel that no matter what is going on, no matter what we're dealing with, it's possible to... It's possible to have a learning moment. There's an opportunity there for us. Again, it's not just trying to put a spin on something like to ignore the difficult stuff but it's it's also to honor the journey and to honor the 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 learning moment in that journey perhaps even to seek out joy joy is an act of resistance and for me Yosra is a person who she's no longer with us but absolutely still teaches me that every day so, who do I love? Yosra is one of those people and I'm grateful. I'm grateful for, you know, the short years that she was on this planet that I'm so grateful that I got to spend so much sacred time and was able to have this connection through <laughs> these roads, these kind of... <laughs> crazy life twists and turns and countries that we ended up in and moved around to and the the career trajectories that we had I'm just so grateful that I had this sister who shared who shared that and who I got to witness and appreciate and celebrate and will still celebrate to this day so thank you Yosra and so I guess the reason I'm sharing these stories and these tangents with you is really about us connecting to the things that we love, the people that we love, the people that we look up to, the people that inspire us, the people that offer us light on this planet. Because, as I said earlier, because I feel that honouring those that we love, the things that we love, it enables us to intentionally carve out space for more of that. It also enables us to shift our state, especially if we're maybe in a, a feeling of lack or sadness. Not to say that we just gloss over it and disassociate or whatever, but like we're intentionally connecting with the stuff connecting with the people that offer us joy, that offer us inspiration and lift us, lift our spirit, literally. And by doing that, by practicing that, it naturally rubs off on us because when we're inspired, we're more open, we're more receptive to receiving more of that, you know? It's like the amplification, like for like, you know? It's going back to neuroscience, neurons that fire together, wire together. So if we're looping on a particular thought, we can amplify that. 
we can quadruple it. And it's similar to, you know, a book I cite all the time. I was talking about it, I think, on Instagram earlier this week, but I've spoken about it on the podcast before. William Bloon's The Endorphin Effect, that we can use endorphins to literally shift our state. This isn't like pretend stuff. This isn't like throwing around the word manifestation and so on or visualization. Like this stuff actually works. Visualization works. Manifestation works. And this is proven you know it's science even though I find it funny when we say stuff like it's science so therefore it's concrete when what science is is hypothesis right that we try and test and disprove in many ways but anyway um you know like it's it's real this is neuroscience there's like studies coming out every single day about this stuff so I often think about what emotional state do I want to be in especially if I'm experiencing anxiety or rage or if I'm dealing with frustration from insomnia, you know, rather than focusing more on, oh, I'm anxious, I'm anxious, I'm anxious, I'm anxious, that makes me feel worse. Um, I try to use techniques that will shift me away from that into something else, something better. And again, I spoke about that in episode 32 of the podcast, Life with a Chronic Illness, where I was sharing tools and techniques that I use for managing anxiety on a day-to-day basis. So if that is you and you want some support and help, please check out that episode. I really hope that is helpful for you. So yeah, celebrating who we love can be so beneficial for us. It can help us to remember who we are. Because often the people that we love somehow have something maybe that we wish we had or they have something that we have that perhaps we don't often bring to light or or share or feel brave enough to share. I don't know. Maybe that's a bad theory, but I think it's true. It's like Mimi, Mariah Carey, for those who are wondering, who I did a rather long Twitter story about and an honorary blog post earlier this month for Aries season because it was her birthday where I collected some stories and memories um, about Mariah Carey and my journey with her if you're interested in that I will link you in the show notes for my Mimi fans but yeah it's like Mariah Carey Uh, I love her and she has a lot of shoes I have a lot of shoes there we go I'm that's a stretch anyway but yeah I think by connecting with who we love we can be reminded of the importance of creating and telling our own stories telling our stories full stop however we want to tell them you know like remembering that actually we do have stories to tell and what we're doing in this life is literally making creating curating designing our stories yeah sure stuff happens to us but we also have a lot of autonomy you know we also are able to still design the way that we deal with stuff you know and I think Yosra is someone who's testament to that Uh, and speaking of stories and um, telling our stories something else I didn't mention that happened this week is that I got a letter (laughs) to me from future me Um, have you ever used that website future me it's basically a little portal where you can you know type yourself a little email and it will send it out to you at a particular time anyway I did that and I received it this week so six months ago I must have written it and yeah I got it in my inbox this week at the perfect timing if you want to read my letter that I wrote to myself that helped to gas me up a bit Um, and get the link to the future me site head to my blog where I've updated it and put that post in 
Have you ever used it? If you have, I'd love to know what you wrote to yourself because, yeah, it's, it's quite amazing, really. I remember once I did this like photography course and um, it was after a time like I studied photography at university and then I kind of I had a really awful teacher. Sorry, shade. But yeah, the teacher, like so many people left the course. I think there were like four of us left by the end of the final year because so many people left because the teacher was just really mean and awful and after that I think I had a, a strange relationship with photography I kind of fell out of love with it because all the joy was gone <laughs> it all became this pretentious pomp and it was lacking in joy so another reason you know yours were a part of my journey there in rediscovering my love for photography but yeah at a different time I was on this photography course and it was wonderful. I met this brilliant man called Bert. He's a pensioner who lives in Brighton, who runs Brighton and Hove Black History Group. He's one of the original members and he's got great projects. Shout out to Bert. Thank you for your work, Bert. I salute you. Anyway, I met Bert on this course. He's brilliant. He's just an absolute fina man. Yeah, on this course, on the last day, our teacher asked us to write ourselves a letter to describe our relationship to photography, to describe how it felt. You know, we, we put on a little exhibition and, you know, we were feeling quite hype, you know, <laughs> breaking through a lot of personal boundaries and, you know, learning new stuff. But hopefully, mostly it was kind of to, to cultivate more confidence and take up space, you know, which is what I'm all about helping others to do. You know what I mean? Sharing things to support other people to do that. So anyway, we had to write this letter and the tutor sent it to us months later and it was great it was you know back in the day when yeah it wasn't via email it was a handwritten letter and it was wonderful to receive it was you know what the hell is this you know <laughs> suddenly you receive it and it's yeah it's such a shapeshifter can literally shift your state moment to moment so I really recommend that if you haven't explored that already um, and also I was going to spend some time in this podcast talking to you through a load of books that I love by people that I love. They're all autobiographies. So, you know, that's what the theme of the show was. But I've been talking for so long that I feel I need to round this up now because <laughs> this is potentially another episode. Is it useful to you? I don't know. I was going to make a blog post of them anyway. So there's 10 writers, authors, artists that I love. And these are books that I hold sacred. And whenever I'm feeling like I need a reminder, I need that reflection. I need someone to help remind me to tell my own story and to tap into my own creativity, use my creativity and to see the bigger picture of especially hard times to see the, the picture that this is part of this glorious landscape that is my life I dive into these books so I could chat to you about them in another episode if you want it let me know um, but I will make the blog post anyway so that you can have a sniff and just to give you a little tease people that feature on the list include who I mentioned earlier Audrey Lord, also Langston Hughes uh, his autobiography is called I Wonder As I Wonder, which is the name of an earlier podcast that I had slash have with Shettle. Uh, any of you heard that one before? I'll link it to you. But um, it was inspired by this book. We have a little podcast where we wonder as we wonder. So um, shout out to Langston Hughes and his great work. Grace Jones as well, for obvious reasons, you know, Ethel's screaming at me right now. Um, Ethel's my alter ego for those of you that are new. And of course, Eartha Kitt. So there's 
many more and I will oh, just draw the curtain yeah so I will um, put those in a blog post for you and I can do an episode on them if you like I can share some parts of the books and some reasons why if that's helpful I don't know but um, yeah I guess what I want to convey today if you take anything from this it's to maybe think about the people that inspire you think about who you love who you look up to who you admire and I find it a useful exercise and I do this sometimes with my creative coaching clients and ask them to write down the qualities that those people have that they admire or maybe there's uh, actions what it is like get specific about what it is that you admire about that person and there might be loads of stuff there might just be one small thing but just to note that down because as I said earlier, I really believe that there's a reason why we're attracted to the people that we're attracted to. They often reflect something back to us. It's either something that we want or something that we've already got, but maybe we're not quite seeing. Maybe we're not really bringing it to life. Do you know what I mean? So I hope that's useful for you in some way. And I'm really sorry for crying so much in this episode. I was trying to hold it together and it wasn't happening. Um, but I hope that you could still understand what I was saying. And I hope that the message got through to you. And I really hope that there's been some like, I don't know, some goodness that touches you and some love that sent your way, or at least at the very, very least that you're feeling held and seen and just reminded of this journey, you know, this journey of life. It is a journey. And regardless of goals or targets or all of these kind of strange markers in life like it's an ongoing process it's transitional it's changing every moment and we get to pause and check in and notice and pay attention to those details whenever we like we can do that we can intentionally slow down enough to notice those details and really pay attention and one great way to do that is you know appreciation to never forget to say thank you so with that I thank you so so much for being here today for listening for getting this far for being here on this journey of this podcast and I really really appreciate your time and um, your journey here so get in touch with me let me know what you think if you've got any thoughts any ideas or just musings that you'd like to share with me following this episode maybe you want to share with me who it is that you love who inspires you and why I would love to know because there's people on the planet I don't know exist yet maybe or people with qualities that I haven't even considered that I would love to appreciate so yeah thank you for doing that send me a mail or reach out to me on socials and if you're listening somewhere maybe take a screenshot if you're on the go you're out and about somewhere screenshot me on your phone share me in your stories if you're on instagram and tag me dion with seven underscores maybe let me know where you're listening from this week shuttle was telling me about nadina who was listening from the states are you in the states nadina Shout out to you. Thank you so much for tuning in and sharing your thoughts about the podcast. I appreciate you so, so, so much. And I'm sending big, big love your way. So I'm going to round this up with loads of love and appreciation. Never forget to say thank you. Have an amazing rest of your day.